How do you know if somebody is a true expert in their field or not? This becomes a problem online because a lot of these people are answering questions. Um, one of the ways to know is based on how they answer the question. If you ask somebody online, hey, you know, what do you think of this? And they have an answer for it. Then you ask them about a different topic and they have an answer for it. And they have absolute answers. It. This is the only way to do this or this is the only way to do that. Um, that's when it becomes a problem. Notice like real experts in the field will have nuance. When you guys ask me a question on one of my lives on social media or on my Zooms, like in the community, you know, I have, I have a community online and we do Zooms every Monday. If you ask me a question, I don't always spit out an answer. I don't know you. And if I say it depends, you know, that kind of gives you a hint or a clue that this person probably is not lying and they probably know what they're talking about. You cannot, an expert wouldn't just spit out an answer. Like if you ask somebody online, hey, what do you think of heart attacks or strokes? And they have an answer. Then you're like, oh, what about my leg? I tore my ACL the other day and they have an answer. And, you know, my mom has rheumatoid arthritis and they have an answer. When, an, when a person online who appears to have authority has an answer for everything, they're not an expert in anything. But they are an expert in lying to you and uh, seducing you almost into their world of nonsense. You know, you see this a lot with some of these uh, chiropractors, fake gurus, whatever you want to call them. They have an answer to everything. Like literally they have an answer. And sometimes these, these people are even physicians. You have these physician grifters online and they have an answer literally for everything. Personally, I don't do that. If you ask me, what do you think of an ACL tear? What should I do? Should I get a patellar graft or a hamstring graft? First of all, please don't ask me that. Even though I did have an ACL tear and I did get my ACL repaired and I know what they did for me, I don't know enough about it to tell you if that's what they should do for you. Plus, it was in 2017. That's like eons ago in the world of medicine. Stuff changes every day. I don't know the latest data and I don't need to know the latest data because I don't do that. I do heart catheterizations. I do pacemakers. I treat heart failure. I treat cholesterol. That's what I need to be an expert in. So the warning I guess I'm giving you is when you hear somebody saying, well, look at this one study, you know, look at this one study is cute. But if you don't have the background information and the foundation of knowledge to be able to deal with that one study, it's not really helpful. Like, for example, you have an orthopedic surgeon who uh, posts online and says, well, look at this one study. It said saturated fat really doesn't matter. Okay, so first of all, you're not capable of evaluating that one study or saturated fat. You don't have the foundation of knowledge needed. That would be like me posting articles on why this new technique for ACL surgery is better than others or isn't required anymore. You don't need to treat ACL tears. You just inject some, some lotion into their knee or something like that, right? It would be complete nonsense. This is what some people are doing. These are non-experts in their field and they are looking at that one study or they read this one book or they found this one guy, guru, lady online and she said to do this. You know, that's cute and it's interesting, but... It's not factual and you probably shouldn't do it. Um, so that that's kind of the warning uh, that I give because we know as, as experts in our field, we do things called journal clubs. You know, we have cardiology fellows. These are future cardiologists that we train. We do journal clubs. We meet with them once a week and go over a journal article. And they're new at this. So to them, it's like, oh my God, look at this new new article came out showing that this medication helps with blood pressure and diabetes and kidney disease. And da, da, da. But then they don't have the background knowledge of somebody like us the attending physicians, the 
physicians that are already graduated and have been practicing for a very long time, they don't have our foundation of knowledge, clinical experience, clinical expertise. We kind of tell them how this would fit into the current way of treating. Like, you know, many years ago, the American Heart Association came out with a with an article saying, you know, you might not want to over-treat old people's blood pressure, right? And there was a studies that came out and the they wanted to change the guidelines. So the fellows, I remember at that time, were like, hey, doc, what do you think of this? Let's do a journal club on this. We did a journal club. We discussed it. And it was a great article. Very well done. They talked about it. The, the fellows discussed it. And it was cool. But then, like, how do we apply it now? Like, what do I do with my 75-year-old patients and up? This, this article was addressing. Should we overcorrect their blood pressure? Should we not? Like, how does this fit into our current understanding of blood pressure issues? That's kind of where we need to go with this. It's not a one article, one book, one concept thing. It is a uh, thing that has to do with everything. You know, I've been practicing cardiology for a long time. I can help take the information. And plus, I read a lot and I, you know, stay up to date and I go to conferences, all that, right? Journal clubs, teach other cardiologists, whatever. So to me, you're coming to me with this new thing. I can kind of tell you where it fits into all the old things. We have, let's say, hundreds of millions of prior publications on cardiology topics. Let's say 300,000 of them deal with blood pressure. You bring me this new article. Here's how we can fit it into the 300,000 other data points and studies and clinical experience with patients that are that age and have blood pressure issues. Here's how we can fit that in in a way that makes sense. Like, yes, it's nice and it's cute because there's a new article that sounds a little bit contrarian, but how does this fit in with the other data and the other science and the other knowledge that we have? Super important, right? You know, it makes no sense just to read one book and be like, okay, this is how we're going to start doing things from now. All right. I mean, kind of weird that you just read one book and you want to change your life based on one book. Don't get me wrong. There are probably some books like that, but when it comes to science and data and clinical practice probably not a whole lot of books uh, going to do that. So those are just my quick thoughts on that. Definitely don't jump on the latest, greatest new thing. They call that shiny object syndrome. There's the Dunning-Kruger effect that I've talked about previously. Maybe I'll do a whole podcast on that, but please leave some awesome reviews. Uh, we're climbing the charts. We're doing really, really well. Uh, I love you guys. And uh, please share this with somebody who needs to learn from it. Peace. Peace.